Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. The number one thing I hear about social media is either you love it or you hate it or you do it because it's necessary for your business because it is a free platform to get your your name and your story out there. Um, but I think social media has kind of turned into this element where it's very keep up with the Joneses where not necessarily material wise, but content wise of, oh, I need to be doing this and this and this and this. And then if you're anything like me, you get burnt out by all of the things that you need to do for social media. And I'm somebody who loves social media. I love the challenge of connecting through the screen, but I will say that those elements can become daunting, especially when you're look at looking at other people and what they're doing. And so as I was helping people with social media, the thing that I saw most was they had all of this, all of these things happening in their brain at one time of content ideas, but not really having any place to store all of those ideas and things that they wanted to communicate to be the best brand that they could for themselves and not do what everybody else was doing. And so I finally created a planner, a 52-week planner It's not month by month, so you can actually start any time of the year. It's just 52 weeks of a place to brain dump all of those things that are circling in your mind that you need to communicate on your story, on your platform that is your brand. And so this 52-week planner includes a little bit of background of how to educate and share experiences and also entertain your audience, right? Because that's how they keep coming back. It also just gives you a place to brain dump all of those ideas that you have or you know if I want to put out these products for this week this week this week what are things that I can naturally naturally communicate about those then it gives it has spots of okay if this is the content I want to put out what videos and pictures do I need up front what graphics um so that you can do it all at once and then when you're actually going to post throughout the week you already have the content that you need so I know social media can be frustrating I know that it has turned into probably something that has brought burnout. And you're not alone in that. I want to come out and say that for sure. I think everybody feels a bit of that. But when you have a place that you can take the thoughts in your mind and put them down, it almost helps you maintain that space of being uniquely you and being exactly who you need to be on social media and not get sidetracked by everyone else and what they're doing. So I have this planner. I finally got it made and printed and binded. And I really like it. It's actually helping me personally. I run several different business social medias, so it's helping me organize it that way as well. Um, And just for you guys, we are offering a $5 off 
coupon code for you guys to go use if you are looking for something like that. Um, I love technology. (laughs) I have a lot of apps on my phone, but my social media content is actually one thing that I've always written down on paper. Not sure why. I just really like it. Um, And so we're giving you guys $5 off. You can head to backpocketsocial.co and you will find the planner there under the tab, learn with me. And to get $5 off, you just put small business sisters in the code at checkout. So put small business sisters in the code at checkout and you'll get $5 off. And I will ship this directly to you. And I hope you love it and find value in it and um, utilize that free space that we do have to share our story, even though sometimes we don't always love it. So um, head to backpocketsocial.co and grab your planner today. Okay, so on today's episode, it'll be nice and quick and easy. We're going to do just a little pop-in, just Jenny and I. And we asked over on Instagram, like, how can we most help you now? We're at the beginning of February. Uh, What do you all need from us? And so we were going to go through some of those questions and answer how we see fit. So You would consider this the beginning of February? uh, I mean, I guess kind of middle. So we're recording this on February 11th 12th today's the 12th <laughs> so that I mean, there's only I just acted okay days. I just have to say how dramatic I just was to realize I, I was only a day off <laughs> I know. it's sunday it's the 12th not the 11th sunday <laughs> um but this will be released the third week of february so yes we are in the end of february okay which is All crazy right. anyway tangent. so close to spring break it's crazy um, so yeah, so, but wait, when okay. is your spring break? Ours is the second week of March. Oh, ours is always the last week of March. So that's why it does not nope. feel like ours is middle of March. March. Yes. Actually, I do um, remember that when I lived in Texas, it was our college one was the first week of March. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So we're close. We're close to spring break. Um, okay. So this first one says... Well, we'll start because we'll start with this one because I know Jenny is going to have a lot of insight on this. She said, wholesale guidance, what things to look out for, fear of losing money or investing too much, and then like business relationship basically with your wholesale accounts. I would assume that she wants to sell wholesale, mm-hmm. not buy wholesale. So what can, what can you give her? Okay. So not investing too much and what? So she said things to look out for. So that's things one. Things to look out for. And Got then it. if there's a fear of losing money or investing mm-hmm. too much. Okay. That's a great question. Um, so first of all, I, so I've done wholesale the wrong way and then I've like, um, you know, figured things out. So the first round of wholesale, I had no guidelines in place. I had no um what I call my PDF with like all my info that I give people when they inquire about wholesale that has like all the terms and conditions, which uh, vessels I offer for wholesale and the prices. Um, So when I did it wrong, I got very overwhelmed. I was very resentful at the wholesale clients because I felt like they were making more on the product than me, which they are, but that's valid and I'll get to that later. Um, But so I was resentful. I didn't have any clear guidelines or boundaries set up. So I constantly felt like um, 
I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say no, how to set anything into motion. I, yes, it was just bad. There was a situation that I just wish I could do all over because it was not great. And I ended up losing a lot of money. Um, So I pulled back and said, okay, no wholesale. And I started investigating like what wholesale looked like, how people did wholesale. And I tried, and then I formulated what would work for me. So I definitely recommend Googling a lot about wholesale, like look at other people's wholesale offerings. I would just go to other candle makers or even beauty products because at the time I also had, well, I do have roller bottles still, but like look at what their, um, their terms are, like how fast is their turnaround? What are they offering at 50%? What's their minimum order? Like I would go look at all these makers I respected and then I would kind of formulate um, what worked for me. I also did a course. I found a course on developing wholesale um, that really helped me. I believe it was indie business, something indie. I can look it up if you message We have me. a full episode too where we deep dive into wholesale. Um, yeah, I think I do mention it in there mm-hmm. in wholesale terms. But that mm-hmm. was – is. That was game changer for me is having a PDF packet made up that I can give the wholesale client immediately because everything's laid out. It doesn't, it feels less personal. Like I don't have Mm -hmm. to make up all these terms on the fly as they're asking me. So Mm -hmm. when a wholesale client reaches out, I have a little blurb email that I send Mm -hmm. about like why Illuminate Space is great. And I list out those things and then I attach my packet. And so some important things to consider, and this is just going to be based on your business. You have to decide this is you want to lay out your turnaround time, which remember, this is not a retail customer turnaround time. This is a large order. So typically I found that's like roughly two weeks. Mine is 10 to 14 days. But then I know that helps me like get it done in a timely manner and know that they're not like constantly waiting for it because they already know it's going to be 10 to 14 days from the time of order. Another important thing for me to lay out was payment conditions. So I decided to have a wholesale site so they have to pay at the time of order. That just worked for me um, because then, you know, I'm getting the materials, it's already paid for, and then I get them to, I wasn't chasing invoices, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, Another important thing to include in there is the wholesale minimum and what they're getting. So typically in my industry, candles are 50% off wholesale. Um, and, and you choose your minimum. I found some start at $150 wholesale. I choose to do $250 wholesale minimum. So that's a $500 retail order they're getting for $250. Um, really, my mindset shifted when I became a store owner because I charge a con- – Susie and I charge a consignment fee, which is 40% at our shop. And – I can see now how we don't profit off of that because we're paying rent for the store. We're paying, you know, employees to work. We're paying for utilities, the bags, the square fees. So like even though it looks like your wholesale client is making 50% more than you, they're really like paying out so much. So it's mm-hmm. helped. It, it changed my mindset when I was able to look like we're helping each other as small businesses. They're having a product to offer in their store. My name's getting out there. I don't have to sell it. Like they're taking mm-hmm. on the marketing part of it. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. I think you just have to. And really I do like that, that, that like 
they're getting your product out in a different location than you are. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's huge. And we've we talked about this on our consignment versus wholesale um, episode. But wholesale, if let's say they order a certain scent from Jen that doesn't do as well in their store as the other scents, they still have that scent that they can either discount or they can. you know, put it away till the next season or whatever, but they've already paid Jen for it. So Jen doesn't have to worry about the stock versus consignment. Jen would have to worry about pushing the stock that's at that location. So wholesale yeah, does and you, take that pressure off too. It does. And it, it just helps to look at you. I love my wholesale clients and I look at them as like partners now because mm-hmm. they're carrying my product. And that means like that many more eyeballs on my product than usually like find me on Instagram or whatever Mm -hmm. and I can develop a relationship with. So like I don't – I feel like I love that I'm also in a way investing in their business because they're able to sell it at a retail price. So that's Mm -hmm. been – I love doing wholesale. It's probably a little – uh, more than a third of my business, maybe even half of my business. And I just love it because it's running in the background, can really focus on making candles. And I sell them in my shop, but then all my wholesale clients sh- mm-hmm. sell it in their shop, mm-hmm. which just feels mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Which that's too, when you're wholesale, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm 98% sure this is true. Um, when your wholesale really took off and you started, um, you know, putting it out there that you sold wholesale, that is when you brought on employees to then fill – because wholesale is a lot up front. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work up front to get it out. And so I want to say that's when you started hiring teenagers to help you fill yep. those orders. Yep. And again, like I know we've talked about this before, you can decide the pieces of that that don't necessarily need your essence. So I do most of the pouring and like crafting at the beginning, but I don't have to be the one to put the wick in the jar or put on the label. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that just helps to have that extra hand. So that is, mm-hmm. yeah. and really, I mean, my, I love my teens that come work for me, but it's really only like four hours a week. So mm-hmm. you don't have to start, you don't have to think like you're hiring a, a 25 hour. Yeah. And the other help thing, with the little stuff. I'll add too is like the more you can figure out up front, the better. However, there might be a few wholesale orders that you learn from because you do lose, not maybe you don't lose money, but maybe you've invested too much into it. Where, so I'll give an example of um, the first wholesale order I did. I gave the person on the other end like full control of shirt colors, shirt sizes, and all these things instead of saying, here's the three options, here are the, like it comes in, you know, these certain sizes where I was basically making to order for her and then she was turning around. She was she was the middleman between us on an online platform. So I learned from that, oh no, I, she was like exclusively online. Well, then they can just come to Beautiful Chaos, right? Like, but, so I am very particular in, I don't mind if, a store I put my things in has an online shop, but I don't want it to be exclusively online because right, that's, right. that's mine. And that's something you would put in your terms. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, I learned that, right? Like the hard way because right. I was basically – anyways, it was – yeah, that was a big learning experience. And the other thing is I wholesale my headbands and something I've learned – like I – a lot of times when you do wholesale, you can do that because you have something in bulk, right? So for example – 
um, you know, Jen might have a bulk scent so so she can do that. Whereas if they order a custom scent for their store, she might have to go buy new oils, which then adds into the price. So for headbands, I had people wanting specific prints that would go along with their brand, which I figured out I can do, but I'm going to have to charge more because that means I'm buying fabric, meaning I'm paying shipping on that fabric to get it to me. It's not fabric I carry all the time. So those were yeah, things that's that a then great you, point. you figure out. Because Jen, I know your wholesale. When I, it's a special scent, it's more. Yeah, I do charge more. for, And for me, that's because it's take, I have to do that in a separate batch than my other batches. So like mm-hmm. I factor in the time for that. Mm-hmm. And I charge 10% more of our custom scents. But then it's important to like let your custom client know, well, how is that benefiting them? And mm-hmm. mine is I tell them like I won't make that scent for anybody else. It'll be exclusive mm-hmm. for your shop. Mm-hmm. They can't, The customer cannot come to me to get the scent. Like it's mm-hmm. only available to you. So it's kind of like just like you're paying for a custom and exclusive edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is you'll – you can figure – like I know Jen has a minimum percent and I – like percent, not percent. Like percent of candle, you have a minimum of what you can buy. And I've done that with my headbands too because if they're ordering two of each print, well, I'm still buying, you know, in bulk the yardage for that. So you have – you do have to look – like sit down, look at the financials, which we talk about in our wholesale episode, to make sure that you aren't losing money doing wholesale. But I think just like Jen said, I'm I'm hoping to grow wholesale with my headbands um, because just like Jen said, that kind of runs in the background. And like once people love your stuff, they'll keep coming back for more, mm-hmm. especially when you have a really good relationship with that store owner. Um but and you you give and take for each other. So I know when we had people in Wildflower, like you post for each other, you promote each other. So there is a lot of benefit to that and just brand recognition, like people mm-hmm. tying you to those places. Um, but that is another thing to make sure you're on brand with some of these people because there is brand recognition. And if like you're completely different and you don't want to be aligned with them, like you might consider not selling wholesale, like there. So um, I don't know that you have as much control of that as you would consignment, but still something like to think about mm-hmm. when you're doing that. Okay. The next question, uh, Google, she just said Google ads. <clears throat> Ooh, that I honestly don't know anything about Google <laughs> So I know, I know a little bit. I have gotten Facebook ads pretty good. Like I've, it's taken years to like really nail it down, but I'm finally at a point where you, you know, when you like pour $55 into a week long campaign and like just get no traction from it. That's where I started. And now like I've gotten to it where at least I'm getting traction. I'm getting some orders from ads. So as far as Google goes, I just, I know on Shopify it's automatic. Like they link it to Google. Um, SEO plays a lot into your, like if you show up on Google, um, mm-hmm. But Google Ads – so this is when we need Tyler to come on because he speaks that language. Like I'll – so to be honest, to whoever asked this question, my husband is a software engineer. And so anytime I'm overwhelmed by things that utilize Google, mm-hmm. I'll have him do it. This is It is a very relevant topic and thank you to whoever asked it because I think it's something we're both interested in and will investigate. 
further. We will. We will come back. and But I, that might be something, let, let's say you want to play around with it. That might be investing in someone who actually does ad management. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody – like my husband doesn't do ad management, but he can speak Google speak. And so he can like do coding and stuff on my other end that might help that. I know you can um, – we're going to move to the next question. I'm going to Google some stuff and and we'll come back to that because I know that there is um, – I know uh, we had – Jen, help me with her name. She owns Lisa? Stuff Smart Something. Yes, Lisa. Uh, yeah. Well, that's and what she I was talked say about. Is that the fr- I think the first step, and maybe this person already is doing this. You really want to get your SEO top notch first because that's free. Like, do, but Google Ads, obviously, you're like paying for ads, right? Hmm. So, but like, she talked about too, like even something as little as having your Google Analytics. Set up like you want to make sure all I have of that. that. That's free too. That's, not that's what ads, I mean. Though. I know it's Google not ads, but you is want just like reading you all the information about. Right. But you want I'm, to your website. I'm saying you want all of that to make sure it's oh, all yes. set up correctly yes. like, before you even touch ads first. Yeah. yeah. So if if you guys are local to Illinois, to me, and actually you might be able to talk to her online too. I would reach out to start something studio. They have people specifically in place to help with like SEO, website, Google ads and stuff. So that would be a good resource. Awesome. So yeah, we'll hopefully we'll be able to do an episode about ads soon enough. Yeah, that is something like on but we my don't know a ton. floating to-do list that I talked about on the last episode. <laughs> Um, okay, somebody said business partners. My husband and I are considering a merger with another similar company. Can you help? Ooh, we have question. both had business partners. Jen, you want to start? Yeah. So I – yeah, this is like a loaded question I feel like because it could go lots of ways. But I definitely – I mean, first thing, you should like jive with these people as people, I think, because – Business is so intertwined with your personal life, small business at least, that like you should be on the – I don't mean you have to be like identical to these people because Susie and I are very different people, but we just like mesh really well together. And Mm -hmm. like I knew that going into it and I've since learned like different business partners wouldn't have been good fits for me. Um, So – and again, I think – like the key things about someone you should know before you go into business with them. Things might come up, but also like how you handle problems and differences, like talk about that beforehand because those things will come up. Like mm-hmm. they just will. And so you need to know how the other one is going to like approach it and handle it. <laughs> yeah, I would say like tr- like trust your gut on it like if you there have been situations in the past like that have been a really great business partnership situation and then there are things that haven't been and I don't know I wouldn't say my gut spoke to me but I think that there is an element of you I think you just kind of know like am I going to mesh with this person am I not kind of like you said Jen and so um gosh I've had lots of partners over the years I've actually there was one situation we thought about signing a lease at a different location and there was just something in my gut that was like no like and that seems that's not a business partnership but it kind of is you know like yeah renting from well, somebody yes. but there was just something in 
in both my husband and I, we were kind of just hesitant, right? Like something just didn't feel right. And it turns out that that was a really, yeah, it turns out it was a really, really good, like, it was a really good thing we didn't go through with that. Um, Lots of things have come up since then, not even necessarily um, things with that person, but just situationally that that wouldn't have been ideal. So I think you're, you Trust your gut. Also, maybe definitely um, get it like legally legit. Like set, even though you think like you're such great. Because Susie and I also we have like um, a business. Her sister is an attorney, so that helps that she got us all set up. But we have like a legal partnership agreement, an LLC Mm -hmm. partnership, articles of operation, like all these Mm -hmm. things. Like in in our meeting, we kind of chuckled about because like one thing we had to write in there is like Susie will not make candles, Jenny will not make, and we like laughed like that'll never happen. But just never know. You, it's better to have these things protected Mm -hmm. that if something, heaven forbid, ever did go downhill, you Mm -hmm. have like the appropriate safety Mm -hmm. paperwork. Mm -hmm. Well, and even not even like personality wise downhill, but like life wise, like um, there during okay, so during the time period when we had three owners of Wildflower, we did all the legality stuff like you guys did, Jen, and thank God we did because COVID happened during that time. Um, one of the one of us three got a divorce. Um, there was just so much. Uh, you know, we even thought about beforehand, like if one of us gets like terminally ill, like mm-hmm. what happens with the partnership then, or what happens with the financials then. Um, we even, all of us have older parents. So if one of our parents needed us to move, like we thought of that too. Like what if our husband's job moved us and then now we're not in the same. So there's so many situations that you have to be protected for. Now COVID was not one of them (laughs) that we thought of when we opened Wildflower. That was not in our minds at all. A national or a worldwide pandemic was not on our minds, but we still did get like the legality, like by a, um, by, by an attorney so that mm-hmm. we knew like what what would happen if the partnership dissolved or what would yes. happen to because when you have a company and you have financials involved you have to do that like you just have to yeah. so and especially you, like this might uh, seem like super obvious but even deciding like how you split everything mm-hmm. like income and expenses and Duties. time worked and yeah mm-hmm. like that's important just to be laid out because you don't – I mean, we're human and you don't want to mm-hmm. become resentful of someone just because you started off as, like, great friends and expected mm-hmm. this all to be, like, wonderful. And, like, what if one doesn't fulfill their end of the bargain? Like, it's just really important to have that all laid out ahead of time. Yeah. I have a friend who's actually in a partnership and we were just chatting the other day because she's like, I feel um, like I'm – we're partners, but I'm doing all the work. I'm the one present inside the building, all of this stuff. And the other person is like still making money from the company, but not, you know, so like all of that has to be figured out. And also mm-hmm. um, we talked about in our last week in our goals episode of having like a measurable by this time, that might be something that you talk about up front too, is like, we're going to reevaluate after our lease is up in three mm-hmm. years or, you know, like putting that like this, like re- the because things happen. Like, again, COVID happened during that three times or three years that we were open in Wildflower. And you do, you have to evaluate at that point, goals changed 
wise changed, like people pulled to homeschool, like all this stuff where you you would have to sit down and evaluate, like, can we keep going with the structure that we have, with the company we have? So I think if if somebody you mesh with somebody really well balance each other, then you can move forward and say, okay, let's talk logistics. Okay, well, the logistics work. Okay, now let's talk like worst case scenarios, what would happen then, and then bring Mm -hmm. a lawyer in and kind Mm -hmm. of solidify that. But definitely make sure you're on the same page before joining business. And don't think, like Jenny already said this, but don't think like, oh, we're good friends. Like we don't need a lawyer involved. Like always have it written down, signed, the legality is really important because it sucks so much, but it's just like a reality of life. You see this all the time when there's deaths in the family. Like when money is involved, things can get super, super ugly right. and awful. And yeah, you just right. – you don't want to be in that situation. Right. Great okay. Question. And then there's one more question. Okay. We've touched on this yeah. a lot the last several episodes. I know with Chelsea we did. We did in our last episode about our niche. Someone said, help me respond to negative comments people have at markets about your product. So like markets is one thing, but Jen's like an in-person store where you – when we had Wildflower, you hear everyone's comments. Yes. We always like say we want to write a customer book of like things. And again, I Mm -hmm. want to preface this with I don't think people – for the most part mean like any ill will with some of the stuff that Uh they say some is just like you just aren't thinking of what you're saying because we'll get comments about like price or we get a lot of and so I'm guessing a lot of our audiences too we get a lot of like oh I could make that well yeah Mm -hmm. you probably could but the we're priced for like you're not having to make it and then um what else? What other negative? I'm wondering what she means about that. Okay, so comments. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what she means, but like if you have those scenarios in your head, maybe write like the five top things you hear. And then having, so I'm in counseling, so neutral statements are like a big piece of counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Having things ready so that you can just be able to like express yourself, but also be neutral, right? Like you're not causing like yes. an argument. Yeah. So like if I heard somebody say like, well, I could make this, like having something ready in the in the, in the the time period. Because again, there's that thing where later you're like, oh, I should have said. Right, X, right. Y, like, yeah, having a good little list running so on your phone or something. If, if someone said, I could make this, you could say, yes, and I'm going to save you so much time <laughs> by having it ready for you here. You know, like having comment and like they might not buy your product but then they're thinking in their head like yes or saying that makes like, sense like it's covering the yes, time you, of me having to make it yeah and okay that I can make it yes you could I taught myself how to make it and I've developed a whole business behind it like yeah reminding people this is your business this is your livelihood this is not or, your hobby or having a product ready to rebuttal so in Jen's instance you could be like you could and I offer poor parties and you can bring yes. friends oh that's a great idea have so <laughs> much fun doing it yes yes and okay so let's talk about the expensive comment because I'm guessing that's probably like people commenting that or, about price yeah or we so can what, talk about the look of your product in a second yes because what I mm-hmm. say when people are like oh $24 I say yes I choose to source all um high quality ingredients that are phthalate free and non-toxic so it's good for you and the people in your family like just Mm -hmm. something reiterating like you don't want to say like 
oh, I'm sorry. Because first no. of all, there's not you've developed your price for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you also just want to kind of cast vision to why it's mm-hmm. the price it is. So whatever that is, mine's high quality ingredients mm-hmm. and made mm-hmm. in small batches. Yeah. Or maybe yours is like um you, you, I don't know. I guess the small Here, batch I, thing. I have, like you're handcrafting each one and it takes yeah. time away from your family. Yeah. I would think of like maybe the two top things of of why you're priced where you are and just have that. So like I could have ready if somebody said for a t-shirt, like this is so expensive. I could have the comment of like um, because of the exclusivity of the prints, I'm able to make these like specific for outfits or whatever, like pulling yes. words or that matching are the earrings. Yeah, are important to me, like exclusivity. That then at least you have a response. And again, these people might not. It's not like they're gonna be like, "Oh, you're right. Let me buy from you." Like these people are probably already like a little bit more like glass half empty about buy. Like if they're <laughs> saying things about makers, like they're probably not going to buy it. But well, and like I'm saying like, well, yeah, there's exclusivity and um, I don't know. Because I also think like let's think Louis Vuitton. Like let's just throw a huge name out there that have earned <laughs> the right to like charge these like crazy prices just because they're exclusive, right? And like everybody wants them because they're high end. Like they don't have to give a reason to somebody saying their bags are expensive. And to our point about our niche we talked about last week, like – they don't care what Nancy is saying about their bag prices because <laughs> Jill over here is buying them all. So like they're yeah. focusing more on Jill and like the exclusivity piece and the like high end piece versus the person saying they're too expensive. So if someone's saying your stuff is too expensive, you could say like again use the real ingredients are ingredients are really important to me and those are more expensive. So I do have to sell my candles at a higher price point. You can say that, or you could just say, yeah, for my market, like people love my price point. You know, like you could like care about that niche more than like. Right. And I think just like a fantastic neutral statement for anything in life is like, even if you don't have these prepared or you're just like frozen in the moment, which I usually get in any type of confrontation. So a great thing is just to say, Thanks for your opinion. Because just like we talked about before, like everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's uh-huh. their opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make it mean anything. You yes. Thanks for your opinion. Or I do that to people in my life that like yeah, give me opinion. advice that I haven't asked for. I'm like, thanks for your opinion. Because yeah. it's kind and of like putting it back on them of like, it's your you gave opinion. opinion. Like, so yeah, like, I follow, I follow this um, – uh, it's a coach on TikTok, but like I don't – I forget. Boundary coach. She's a boundary coach. I was like, what is the first word? Boundary coach. So we all need a boundary coach, right? So she said in December she was doing like a boundary statement a day. And so she – the boundary statement I heard because we were prepping for the holiday season, you know, where family gets together and everyone feels like they can say whatever the hell they want. <laughs> heck, whatever the heck they want. Um, and she said – that a great boundary statement is, wow, I'm surprised you said that out loud. That's so great. And I love it so much. I have yet to use it in real life, but I, I know have it's it a little at like the back of my head. To me, but so yes. great. 
But I like loved that statement so much. Like, wow, I am surprised you said that out loud. Like, why would you say that? Um, Anyways, I loved that, that boundary. So anyways, maybe like think of like, we don't know um, to the person that asked that, we don't know like what negative comments they're coming from. If it's like the look of your product or the price or um, what the other, I don't, we went over another scenario, but. Yeah, but just um, remember like you are, you are your brand. You have chosen what that looks like. You have set everything mm-hmm. up. You have mm-hmm. a market that does mm-hmm. buy your things. So it's okay if it doesn't reach everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so those are the only questions I have for today. So we did right. it. We answered them. And to whoever asked about Google ads, we are going to be doing some research yes. and hopefully getting some experts on in that field. Um, But in the meantime, go check your Google Analytics. So make sure your analytics are Mm -hmm. up to date. We'll see you guys next time. If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.